This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, November 9th, 2014. Joy in serving. Oh my goodness. Mm. Well, they were serving and they were joyful, but I don't think that's the kind of joyful serving we're going to talk about today, but that is our focus this morning. Alan, I loved watching all their faces. They're like, what are we watching? And that's exactly how I felt when I first saw that. Yep. <laughs> well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for this day, for being able to laugh mm. and uh, poke fun. But this is a very serious subject. And Lord, we, we want to try to get this right. So help us as we open up our hearts to hear your message found in Philippians chapter 2 about serving with joy or joy in serving. Thank you, Lord, uh, for this day, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody gathered said, amen. So as we said last week, we're looking at the book of Philippians this month, a book that focuses on different kinds of joy. And this book is actually a letter that Paul wrote to the people at, uh, at the church of the church at Philippi, thus they're called Philippians. Last week we looked at chapter one and, and how Paul encouraged them to be joyful when they suffered for Jesus Christ. This week we look at chapter two of Philippi, uh, Philippians and how Paul encourages them to be joyful when they serve. How, a, how appropriate that is today as we celebrate and, and honor those who served our country this Veterans Day. Uh, coming up on Tuesday. So, today we yeah. are going to be using Eugene Peterson's version of Scripture. It's a paraphrase. It's called The Message as we take a look at Philippians 2. So let's jump right in. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, Paul says to his church at Philippi. Agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Philippi was a, a thriving, a diverse place. It was the home of gold and silver mines that although they were exhausted at this point, uh, when, when Paul was writing this letter, they had brought great wealth to this area. It was located in a break in the mountain chain that separates Europe from Asia. Thus, it was a place where there was much movement and commerce. In addition, Philippi, uh, uh, at this point is, is a Roman colony, and as a result, they speak the Roman language. They wear Roman clothing. They, they abide by Roman customs, and they share Roman pride, and they, all those things were found there. Because of these various factors then, Philippi was a place with many diverse people. It would be an interesting, challenging place to try to find unity. And that's exactly what Paul is calling for in the opening of this second chapter of Philippians. 
Paul is saying that if any of this Jesus stuff makes a difference to you at all, Paul says, do me a favor and be unified. Agree on things, love each other, be in close, deep friendship with one another, and above all, Paul says, don't be selfish. Put others before yourself. It's not about me world, Paul says. And he ends, say that last line with me highlighted in yellow. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. You know how different the world would be today if we consistently practice this. Just think about that. You know, imagine, imagine what it would be like. Ask um, not what others can do for you or for me, but what we can do for others. Mm. It really would be a different world. So why is this idea of unity so important to Paul? Now, what's so bad about disunity? Well, in a nutshell, disunity can destroy a church faster than, than virtually anything else. Not just in the days of Paul and the church at Philippi, anytime, even today, especially today. Disunity can shred the fabric of the church, can, can promote and fuel gossip, it can pit people against each other, it can cause dissension and disruption. And there you have the three disses, disunity, dissension, disruption. Now that doesn't mean that we all have to agree on absolutely everything or pretend to agree on everything around here. But when we allow our differences to become disagreements, allow our diversity to divide us, allow our dissimilarities to disillusion us, we got a problem. As Bible scholar William Barclay shares in his um, devotional, it says, he says, it is when people are really serious and their beliefs really matter to them that they are apt to come into conflict with one another. They, well, that's a, the greater their enthusiasm, the greater the danger that they collide. It is against that danger Paul wishes to safeguard his friends. Mm. And so when Paul pushes for unity here, he's not saying that we should allow heresy or false teachings in the church. He's not saying that we should condone immoral behavior in the church. He's not saying that we should celebrate a non-biblical worldview in the church. What he's saying is when we're dealing with others, we need to not be self-centered. We need to be focused on those around us, reaching out to help them wherever we can. And humility, humility, a humble spirit, that's the key. Well, Paul goes on in chapter 2 of Philippians with perhaps my favorite part of this chapter, although we're not, uh, that's not totally what this sermon's about, but Paul holds Jesus up as the example. He tells us, to have the mindset of Jesus in our relationships with one another. Well, what does that look like? Well, let's take what the scripture says. Jesus is divine, God's own son, and yet Jesus did not allow equality with God the Father to be something to be used to his advantage. Instead, he humbled himself, setting aside the privileges of his divine status, 
and took on the status of a slave. Some translations translate slave into servant. A slave, a servant. That's what Jesus took on. He set aside privileges to, uh, for his own stuff and became human himself. The divine became human. That is so big. The divine became human and submitted himself to God the Father. And Jesus stayed human. He lived a, a selfless, obedient life of servitude and died a selfless, obedient death. The worst kind of death, in fact, suffocating death as he hung on a cross. And as a result, God the Father exalted Jesus to the highest place, as Paul shares, honored him above and beyond anything and everything, and gave him the name that, that, that is above every name, the name Jesus. And that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Those in heaven, those on earth, and even those long dead and buried. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is master of all, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glorious honor of God the Father. And then Paul goes on as he talks to the Philippians in his letter to focus on really what they should be doing. He says, well, what I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, what does he say? Redouble, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Hmm. And so Paul wants the Philippians to keep doing what they've been doing. Even though he's not with them, he wants them to keep going on as though he were. In fact, to go even further, go the extra mile. Paul, Paul goes on in verses 14 through 18 saying to do everything with joy, with joy, not grumbling or arguing so that those around them will get a glimpse what the God-centered life is all about because the God-centered life shouldn't be one of grumbling and moaning and groaning. It should be one of joy. He tells them to carry the light-giving message into the world, living proof that all of Paul's work in the Philippian church was not done in vain. You know, when Paul wrote this letter to the church at Philippians, remember Paul traveled all over planting churches and he spent time in prison, so he communicated through letters. That's what this was. It was a letter. He didn't know that God would use this letter as a part of the official printed word of God. I mean, that just blows my mind when I'm thinking about that. He didn't know that we would be reading the words in this letter 2,000 years later. He was writing to a particular people at a particular time in history for a particular 
reason. And yet, here we are, here at Connection Community Church, this morning, November 9th, is that what day it is? Okay, here we are, reading this letter, focusing on it as we worship God. And, you know, here's the thing, even though Paul wasn't writing that letter to our congregation here today, God is able to use this letter to speak to our congregation today. And even though Paul never heard of Connection Community Church, well, duh, God has. God knew. And God knows that some of us, if not all of us here today, need to hear these words of Paul, far removed from their original purpose. Mm. And so what does this letter have to do with us here at CCC today? Well, as we said at the beginning, unity is crucial. Maybe, maybe not absolutely agreeing on everything, but not allowing our differences to separate us to the point of division. Unity, working together for a common cause, in our case, the cause of connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Ever focused on that, working together to help people, all people, all people, people who already know Jesus, worship Jesus, have a relationship with Jesus, and those who are very, very, very far from Jesus. Those who don't know who he is uh, or, or possibly allowed themselves to separate from him if they knew him at one time. And then all those people in between, those two extremes. We work together to help all of them connect with Jesus and the life he offers. And from what Paul tells us today in this letter, the life that Jesus offers is a life of serving, servitude, servanthood. And that's a life where we often say around here, a life where it's not about me, right? We have the acronym INAM. How many people have heard us say, it's not about me? Yeah, most of us here. That's part of the axioms. That's part of the DNA of our church. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. And this is the joy uh, chapter. Philippians is all about joy. So we want to give you a joy acronym. J stands for Jesus. O is others and Y is you. Jesus, others, and you. That's the word of the day. What's the word of the day? Joy, absolutely. Joy in what? Serving. <laughs> joy in what? Awesome. Joy in serving. I am. That's great. I heard that now. Okay. Joy in serving, serving Jesus, serving others. I am. And that serving starts at home. It starts at home. Um, are you serving your spouse? Are you putting his or her needs ahead of your own? Uh, have you sought God's direction, how you can better serve the one you're traveling through life, life with, the one who you pledged love to, who uh, two became one flesh in, uh, in the eyes of the Lord? Uh, now, how's that, what's that a practical? How's that look? Well, if we look at those guys at the door, it reminds us that Jesus served by washing the feet of his disciples, right? Of course, in that day and time, that made sense because their feet would get crusty, dirty, walking on the road. Now, if the guy and his, those two come to your door, 
That's a little scary, isn't it? Yeah, real scary. And if I said to Carrie, Carrie, I'm going to wash your feet tonight. I'm not sure that's really what she would enjoy. I don't know. Rubbing them would be nice. Rubbing one thing. <laughs> Washing might, you might go. Yeah. That's... See, what I could better serve Carrie is I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't really care for coffee at all. But what I could serve her is to go downstairs in the morning and bring a cup of coffee up to her before she's hardly awake. And sometimes I even remember to do that, once in a blue moon. <laughs> and I can serve her that way. Um, and other things of that. You know, it's not always churchy things. Like, Jesus wasn't in the church. He washed the feet. He just did a simple act of kindness, didn't he? For those, he took on the, the role of the servant. How could you serve your spouse or certain significant in your life in a significant way? How about your children? Now, I don't mean the obligatory, Barry and I were talking, obligatory car runs, you know. That, that's part of our deal. That's just a given if you're a parent, right? But what could you do to really have your child go, wow, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't expect that. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mom. Whoa. Um, um, and, and again, that doesn't mean give them everything they ask for. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean, you know, uh, making bad choices for your children. It means uh, putting their real needs maybe ahead of your own. And the way to do this also is to seek God's direction. God, what, what can I do that could really speak to my child, to my spouse? And how about your parents? And this is for kids of all ages. Young children, how about your parents? But all, you know, if your parents are still uh, around, how can you serve them in a, in a meaningful way? Uh, seeking God's direction and bringing God-honoring service to those around you. So service starts at home. Home is your first mission field. From there, we move to church. There are many, many ways to serve here at Connection Community Church, some very visible and some behind the scenes from singing up front, playing instruments up front to praise team to putting the pen in the back of the seats that you're sitting in. Somebody just did that this morning. Somebody just did that this morning to making sure that there's toilet paper and paper towels in the bathroom to offering a smile and a warm, friendly hello in the parking lot or once inside or serving in 252 or the nursery or with our youth. There are so many places to serve right here in the church. We recently did some research and found that over 45% of you are serving here on Sunday mornings. 45%. That's, that's a lot, actually. Now, there are many that also serve through the week, so that number goes up higher and higher. And we think that if we asked most of you, that you would say that you're blessed by serving, that you've received a blessing by doing so. And if you aren't being blessed by what you're doing, we would encourage you to talk to us, talk to Pastor Lori, so that you can find a place of service that does bless you, a place where you feel called, a place where you would find joy 
blessing. Now, if 45 on Sunday probably goes up, if we look at the whole week, about 60%, 55, 60% of the congregation serving in some way. Wow. It's not the 80-20 rule. It's not the 80-20 rule. That's 20. the good news. Oh, well, actually, that rule says 20% do 80% of the work. It doesn't yeah. say that only 20 do yeah. anything. But let's say 60. But that leaves 40%. And so our question for the 40% is this. If, you're, if people are blessed by serving, and pr pretty much across the board we say, if you're serving, uh, if you're not blessed, find a place where you are blessed, and pretty much you're blessed from what we understand. The other 40%, why don't you want to be blessed? <laughs> That's a gentle way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> the other 40%, why don't you want to be blessed? What is keeping you from being a blessing to others here at Connection? and to the Lord. If, Julie, if Jesus truly calls us to serve, why would one ignore that call? And we want you to let us know because we want to help you to serve too, to find a joyful place of service here in the church. Now, how do you do that? I, I think we have a list out there on the counter at the top, of, straight ahead from the top of the ramp of our most immediate serving needs. Check that out. Maybe one of those rings with you. I think there are brochures called iServe, where you can look at all the, all the serving areas in the church and you can check it off. Or even more immediate, put your hand up, Laurie. <laughs> Laurie would love to talk to you. <laughs> if you say, you know, Laurie, man, I'm here. I'm, I'm part of the 40%. I'm here. What do you want me to do? She'll, she'll, she would love to talk to you. Is that an amen? Amen. Amen. We just would love, it's not, we're, it's not necessarily to press you into service, although obviously there's a lot to be done here. A lot of behind the scenes things get done here and even in the front of the scene things. But more than that, Jesus calls us to serve. And we want to help you hear that call and be blessed by serving those around you and most importantly serving God. So there's the mission field of your home, the mission field of your church, and the mission field of the world, the community and the world. Jesus never told us to confine our serving within our home and our church. Remember, he went out into the world. He didn't spend most of his time in the synagogue. He went out and so did his disciples. So that means your neighborhood, your school, your workplace, the world at large, sharing the love of Jesus in very practical ways very practical ways. For me, uh, I get a lot of joy out of serving at Middletown High School. They have a musical every year. And so I just really get a kick out of hanging out with the students and supporting the staff to put that on. And it gives me some contact with people who are outside of the church where I can just share Jesus, not with my words necessarily unless I see that door open, but just being a witness, a positive witness for Christ. I can't wait for the musical to happen again this year. Uh, Jesus said, Abby, are you going to be in it? I, I hope so. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she is really good. So we just need to go to the musical to see Abby. All right. All right. As Jesus would have said, serving, it's about serving, not being served. We've asked a couple of people to, to share their um, cervic experience 
with, with us this morning, and here's what they had to say.
You know, as we read, we're watching that, there were two key factors to each of their stories, serving and joy. Joy, unlike happiness, as we talked last week, which is subject to day-to-day fluctuations in our feelings, our relationships, our situation, our circumstance, joy is that quiet, confident assurance of God's unconditional love and ongoing presence in our lives. The joy of serving comes not from a sense of guilt, That's not a good reason to serve, but from trying to be more Christ-like, from from doing what we know God is calling us to do. For God, for others, in our homes, at at school, at work, here at church, wherever, it's, it's, it's caring for others, putting their needs ahead of our own, helping them connect with Jesus and the life that he offers, and we do that As we do that, we are helping ourselves to connect as well. Because the life he offers that we talk about here, connect people with Jesus and the life he offers, the life he offers is a life of joyful serving. So the question's, what about you? We pray that this may have opened up your heart a little bit more or caused you to examine, you know, what you're doing, maybe what God is calling you to do so that together we can live out what Jesus calls us to do, and that is joy in serving. That's the good news. Let's live it, believe it, and go out and make a difference. Amen? Let's pray. Almighty God, it is challenging to, uh, to find time to serve at times, and... Um, We're all given the same amount of time. Lord, I would ask for you to help us prioritize our lives and our schedules so that we can make time to serve in your name, to be you with skin on to the world. Thank you for everybody in this church that just served. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website, at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.